Welcome to episode six of On the Drive. I'm Grace Walbing, and I am here with my co-host Taylor Ferns. And we are here to break down our recent trip to Florida Speed Weeks, which was, I think, a lot of fun for the both of us, at least for me. And I hope Taylor agrees. <laughs> yeah, I had a, I can't, I mean, I can only speak for myself. I don't want to speak for the both of us, but I had a ton of fun. It was cool to like be nomadic and go around the state <laughs> of Florida from race to race. And we were literally like, living off of gas station and racetrack food and yes. you know kind of living out of the car i mean not really we had places to stay but no you make it us was- sound homeless <laughs> <laughs> no but like we literally we still had like a bunch of jack like we were like dressing per race and like had a ton of like jackets in the car and yes. it, it was just you know it was fun it, it was extremely fun it did make me think a lot about what it's like to travel on a national tour and the amount of commitment and amount of I'm sure like gas station stops and food and just awful awful food and stuff like that that all these world of outlaw guys endure so I definitely gained some respect for them after basically just a week a week of doing that I was like man it was like our own version of like Ohio Sprint Week like honestly that's like how it is without obviously stopping at the quarter car washes and cleaning the cars (laughs) but yeah we had a little less to worry about but it was still (laughs) a lot I think you still worked on the drive. That's true. On on the drive. Both of us worked on the drive. Yes. Yeah. Well, more so I was the driver. You know, I was trying a lot to just relax because I wasn't in school, but still doing schoolwork. But outside of that, you know, just trying to enjoy myself. I felt bad because you were working like a like a loads. (laughs) And so I was like damn grace is making me feel like i'm off my game here because normally i do like what you were doing on the trip and so it was funny kind of like the reverse roles for me it was absolutely worth it though i i don't regret it one bit um definitely a lot of late nights and early mornings every morning you were like let's wake up at seven it's like why Like why are why are we waking up so early? Like it's, it's one a.m. Fifty like alarms. Like first one goes off at six fifteen, oh then six thirty. Yes, <laughs> but no, we we were on we were grinding on the drive. I mean, just what a week it was! It was phenomenal. I already miss it. Like the second I landed in North Carolina, I was like man I'd really like to be in Florida right now I was like I could have seen late models at Volusia if I would have stayed one more week but I I came to terms with it so I know I know we had fun we learned a lot about each other I feel like yes and well because obviously before this you know we knew each other like in passing and you know we worked together like on a few things um and obviously we already knew we got along really well but I feel like after that trip, we're like literally soul sisters. I I would agree. Um, <laughs> just as a PSA to everybody, uh, Taylor really likes her late night McDonald's McFlurries. <laughs> <laughs> She's yeah, yeah. It, it hit the spot. I I won't 
I when you can't get it. Dairy Queen, like our hot topic was like, okay, literally we had a conversation. I guess not a hot topic, but like a conversation was like how underrated Dairy Queen is. Dairy Queen is extremely underrated. I don't understand how they're, I mean, you're supposed to be able to like put their ice cream upside down literally. and have it not come out of the cup <laughs> like they should be open till midnight because really that's what made us kind of like curveball and go to mcdonald's for the mcflurry you know like yeah dq would have got our business if <laughs> but they were closed the problem is most restaurants are closed by 11 <laughs> like yeah so like not even like nine by the time you're leaving the racetrack there's nowhere to go other than mcdonald's so yeah that was challenging. Um, okay, so I, I have a couple I have a couple notes of things I'd like to go over, and I think you're gonna laugh at the first one. The first one is just one word, and it's greyhound. <laughs> oh my god. So I I have to go back over the story. I know I think we told it in the car um on one of our drives. On the drive, <laughs> on the drive <laughs> one of our videos. But it has been such a conversation ever since I got back because telling people, oh, yeah, I took a Greyhound bus from the Tampa airport to Sebring. Everyone looks at me and goes, what were you thinking? <laughs> and I was like, I had to get to Sebring. I, I had to get to Taylor. Um. So that has become kind of one of my I was main like things. what the heck was she doing? Like she thought it was okay. I honestly was like I'm so adventurous. I would have taken the bus, but yeah. I guess it was like, you know, we talked about it after and I was like, mm, you know what? <laughs> Obviously, if I wasn't doing anything, I would have stopped, dropped and rolled and came to get you, but we were we were on the track, you know. <laughs> well, I was just telling I like told myself as I'm sitting in the airport thinking, am I gonna take the Greyhound or am I just gonna wait for Taylor to pick me up, you know, later tonight? And I told myself, I was like, I did this in Mexico. <laughs> I took a bus from the Cancun airport to get to Tulum. And I was like, if I can do that. I can do this. Like Florida, yeah. Florida's not as bad as Mexico. Like nothing's going to happen to me. So that was my logic for deciding to get on the Greyhound bus. That was kind of the deciding factor. But you know, that, that the only sketchy part, I mean, besides the bus station in Tampa, the only sketchy part was getting dropped off at that mobile gas station and having to make it a half mile to the hotel walking on the side of the road with my suitcase and backpack oh my with god like six lanes of traffic that was quite the adventure it definitely yeah. it set the tone for the rest of the trip I was just aware that there was going to just be off the cuff stuff that happened the entire time and it kind of did but it was fun. <laughs> honestly, you know what? My dad always says if it doesn't start off right, it doesn't end up right. But honestly, it started off on like a super high note. So <laughs> as far as like what happened to Grace, when you were texting me and you're like, okay, I'm at the gas station and we were like just finishing up <laughs> and then I sent you all the hotel information and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, okay, sweet. I can walk. And I'm like, <laughs> well, I thought to myself, well, I wasn't going to suggest that, but I mean, like I could come pick you up, but it'll be like. 20 minutes yeah <laughs> and I, then you're texting me and calling me like 
Bro, I literally just had to cross like six lanes. <laughs> I was like, dude, I hope she's still alive by the time I get there. I was slightly worried when I had to like grab my suitcase in one hand and just run when there was a break of traffic and get across those six lanes as my backpack behind me is like pounding into my back as I'm like running and trying to take big steps. But yeah, no, I was very relieved when I sat down in that hotel lobby and was able to take a deep breath because I was like, that that might have been a near-death experience. I mean, that was no, pretty close. You're, you're a real one. Meanwhile, like literally as soon I was as soon as I was done on the track, I literally got in the car and left and was driving with my fire suit on. <laughs> literally, like didn't I walked into the hotel with all my stuff on because yes. I was like, I need to go get grace. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh yeah, yeah. and then looked- from there it just like blossomed yeah. then we went and got barbecue food and I mean that was phenomenal and then the rest of the trip just kind of came together after that no more running across the street you know no at least I don't <laughs> that didn't occur I yeah no that was good um so the that was your first note. What was your second one? I actually surprised. I took notes too, but it was oh, more. Oh, look at you. I did. It was a breakdown about just like the races, but then I also like concluded it and was like, what? Obviously, you know, we talked about, you know, throughout the trip, we learned so much about each other. And so I was going to say like, what was your, I know we talked about this in the car, how you kind of like perceived how it was going to go like based on my personality and stuff. <laughs> but I was going to ask you like, what was your biggest surprise? Because the people should know <laughs> that. The people need to know the truth. <laughs> <laughs> no, but then I'm like not as, well, you you can say it. Like how okay. like I. <laughs> so for everyone who thinks Miss Lawyer over here, Miss Taylor Ferns, who juggles a million things and is so accomplished. For everyone who might think she's a square, for lack of a better term, she is not. She is hilarious. Like, Taylor can crack a good joke. And I think that was extremely evident in the dog conversation that we had. That That's probably the most famous video that we made while in Florida. Because I've had so many people talk to me about, Taylor didn't know what a dog was. And I was like... <laughs> apparently not like not according to the conversation so but that conversation that video clip is the perfect representation of taylor's dry sense of humor that just oh it's yeah well also me like taking things like sometimes i'll literally take it literally (laughs) (laughs) when i rewatched the video and my teammate was commenting and then he was texting me about it he goes i thought i taught you better and i was just (laughs) And we had talked about it and I was like, you know, I took it in a literal sense of the term calling somebody a dog. And I'm, of course, I've never called a human a dog, but obviously we get it. Like it's supposed to be, it's a figure. It's a compliment. Yeah. Figures. Yeah. I got you. What's funny is that like earlier in the week, you were dropping all these words that were like current slang terms. And so- (laughs) I just assumed you would know what a dog is because (laughs) I was like, oh, she knows all this other stuff. Like, she's totally hip. Yeah. (laughs) She's not so serious. Yeah, but then you (laughs) didn't know. So that was a little awkward. 
<laughs> no, it was fun. I mean, we got a good laugh out of it. I agree. What was something surprising about me? So I would say just obviously we knew how well we kind of just like bounced off each other, ba- like based off the ebbs and flows of our conversation, but how much fun we could have. Like, obviously, mm-hmm. I think the seriousness that you maybe perceive from me based on our private conversations, like maybe I'm not saying I don't really think like I went into it thinking like I knew it was going to be fun. But I also wasn't expecting – I knew you worked, like, super hard, right? But I also wasn't anticipating, like, the gravity and, like, the extent of it. And so, like, witnessing you in action, <laughs> I literally thought to myself, oh, my God, Grace is, like, a younger me. Like, when I was your age and I was working for the law firm. And I'm like, mm-hmm. so that, I would say, is a compliment because you're a hustler. And so – Thank you. Thank not you. that I wasn't expecting that, but I was just, like – You thought almost- I was a lazy bum? Is no. that it? No, no, not at all. Not at all. I already knew that you worked a ton based on what I saw, but like prior to that, but, and then obviously all the work that you put into the podcast, but then like seeing you in action and I was like, okay, okay. I remember, I remember walking in the pits at East Bay with my little microphone, like going, I forget who I was going to chat with. And then I just saw you sitting on the trailer steps, like waving to me. And I thought that was so funny. (laughs) I was like, there she is. Look at me go. I'm your number one fan. Oh, Grace. (laughs) Oh, goodness. No, it it was a ton of fun. I I haven't laughed like that in in a long time. And I feel like we just constantly were cracking up. So it was fun. I'm actually going back to Florida in a couple weeks for my spring break, spring break. And so I was like, man, Grace needs to come and we can have an actual vacation. And literally imagine how fun that would be. (laughs) like where we don't have to do any work but no it's a good time I actually my cheeks were still hurting yeah a couple days after from laughing it was fun and we (laughs) didn't lose a cat for one of the people my god we thought we lost a cat but I don't even know where it was it was evidently hiding in the apartment somewhere but Taylor was freaking out when we were at East Bay she was like I think I lost the cat. Well, yeah, context. This is like my best friend since like the sixth grade. She lives in Tampa now. And so we were like bumming it at her place. And <laughs> literally we were all so like focused on our work that one day before we left for East Bay. And we were both like, where the heck did the cat go? So 100% was expecting a message from her when we got to the track, like, <laughs> Hey, where did where did the cat go? <laughs> we seriously searched up and down the entire house, looked under all the furniture, around all the furniture, did not yeah. find the cat. No. And I wasn't I'm not a cat person, so personally I was kind of just sitting there like, "Oh well." <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm not I'm honestly not a cat person either. Um, so it was funny when you kept shutting the bedroom door and then I'm like <laughs> knocking and you're like, hey, can you just make sure you shut the door? I'm not into cats. <laughs> I was like Yeah. I mean, I'm not either, so we can just hide out in here. Hundred percent a dog person. My worst nightmare was there was like when you couldn't find the cat. So I was sitting on the like air mattress, right? And there's probably a foot of space between the air mattress and the wall. And in my brain, 
I was so worried thinking, what if the cat has been next to me this whole morning? And so I was like getting myself freaked out. And I was like, I got to check. I got to check. So I like lean over to look at the crack between the air mattress and the wall. And I'm like, oh my gosh, the cat isn't there. <laughs> oh my God. I definitely psyched myself out. So many laughs, just like late, you know, when we were like slap happy. So what was the one night we were getting home to the Skinners and we were like in the driveway and we just could not stop laughing. Oh, I don't even remember I what all what of them were we laughing about, so hard about. I was like rolling my stuff and no idea. Oh, it was with the people with the Bloody Marys. That when was Mike a good came one. into the room and was like, hey, girls. We're on serious. We're on the radio right now. Our friends are bringing us over Bloody Marys. Can you let them in? Well, we were getting ready to leave, right? And so we were like, okay, well, we can't like just leave. These people are bringing Bloody Marys for Mike and Angie. And so Grace and I wrote a note. <laughs> I don't know where the note ended up. I wanted to keep that and like frame it because I thought it was hilarious. We wrote a note that said something like, hi, please leave the Bloody Marys inside the door. <laughs> signed the house guests. Yeah, signed the house guests. And then like when we came out to go like put it in the door to leave, like Mike and Angie were in the kitchen and like, so it wasn't even a big deal. But we honestly probably laughed about that to ourselves for five minutes. That was pretty good. That was pretty good. Yeah. <sighs> Lots of good memories. Um. Well, I think we should dive into some of the racing that we saw. Um, that yeah. second second item on my list. I was thinking it'd be cool if we kind of went through each race we went to and picked two drivers or like a couple drivers of who we thought were like the winners and losers of that week. That's good. Yeah. I, I thought know. it was pretty solid. That was a shower <laughs> thought. I don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> appropriate honestly water honestly when you're taking a shower it's literally like watering a plant because I, swear to you, I come up with the best like watering a plant no it is and then like your brain just like grows all these ideas because I will. another I'm perfect example of a taylor quote Oh, God. I swear to you, like I formulated my law school personal statement in the shower and I like started taking notes. I mean, it might be TMI, TMI, but that's <laughs> traumatic brain injury, not a TBI, TMI, but honestly, like be prepared to come up with some good ideas when you're in the shower or brushing your teeth. Like notes on standby. Okay. Yes. Great okay. idea. All right. Sweet. We'll go with the shower <laughs> thought then. <laughs> okay. So first race we went to was the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars at Volusia, Dirt Car Nationals. I think we were there for two nights, Thursday and then the finale. But I think, you know, we, we had enough time there to really figure out what drivers did well and what drivers didn't so would you like to start us off and let me know who you think was one of the winners of that week and who was one of the losers 
Yeah, so I would say for Volusia, I mean, that was a tough call. I was just so enthralled with the race, especially on, like, Saturday night, because I just felt like it was electric, right? That race was and, insane. Yeah, it was really insane, and I was like, okay, Buddy just came to life there, obviously. I'm just thinking about Saturday. Thursday, I'm kind of having a hard time recollecting. Um, Thursday... Brad Sweet won the opening night, and then... Oh, Tyler Courtney won one night. Tyler Courtney won on Friday. Yes, because that was the night we weren't there. I think David Gravel won on Thursday. Oh, yes. Yeah, and then... Sheldon Hoddenshield won the finale. Oh, oh Yeah. Yeah, so honestly, based on Saturday, like, I was really pumped up for Sheldon, and I was really pumped up for, um, no, Brad Sweet won Thursday. I said Brad Sweet won Wednesday. He won the opener. Oh, yes, that's right. Sorry. I'm all messed up here. Um, okay. So, yeah, I thought I was really excited for Sheldon. I felt like he rebounded well on Saturday because I feel like he didn't have, like, much luck throughout the rest of the week. Yeah. Um, But honestly, I felt bad for Buddy because other than Saturday, like, I don't remember. I feel like they were having, like, Roth was having a lot of motor issues. Well, to be honest, I mean, even when we went to East Bay and Dominic Celsi was in the Roth car for James McFadden, they had issues like motor issues as well yeah i don't know if you remember but no i do yeah I yeah do no i mean that's a it's it sucks if you're buddy or i mean even if you're dominic thinking like buddy can go win like buddy can absolutely go out and win a world of outlaws race mm-hmm. but he's been in that position before and had a motor go out so yeah, how do you have confidence that, in your car? Yeah, no, exactly. Well, I remember at Houston, he was leading. It was like for the 250, yep. that race there. And then he was like, looked pretty like defeated afterwards. So I think like I felt bad for Buddy. He shined more on Saturday, but I would say that was not that he was like one of the negative two. I'm just kind of drivers that I kind of cheer for. You know, Brad, obviously one big, big cat fan, won the opener. Um, But outside of that, I felt like... um. I mean, he, he re, you know, honestly, the thing about Brad is he really plays the race out well. Like a lot of times I feel like at the beginning of the race and you know, these sprint car races, they're like 30 laps. They go by so fast. Yeah. But like, he may not look strong for like the first half, but then he just like comes back at the end and then, you know, he's always going to be there. Right. Um, so, you know, respect the big cat, love the big cat was cheering for him every night. Uh, <laughs> no bias here. No, but other than that, you know, I kind of um Spencer so who, was kind of he wasn't really up there. Okay, so let's take it from like the world of outlaws field. So like actual world of outlaws full timers. Like, who do you think was one of the losers? Because mm-hmm. Spencer Basin is full time with High Limit this year. Oh, yeah, that's true, too. One of the World of Outlaws losers. Um, I mean, honestly, Basin, I feel like, didn't really. He took a provisional at least one night, right? Um, Are you so, talking about Macedo? 
Oh, I'm sorry. Carson Macedo. Oh, yes. Macedo. Yes. Yeah, no, I agree. He, really he was struggled. He was on my list of uh, losers that week, which is weird to say because obviously he was a championship contender last year. I have no reason to doubt that he'll be a championship contender again this year, but it was just unusual to see that team struggle the way that they did at Volusia because it's just, it's, you know, not really typical of them. And I remember going up to Carson afterwards and he was talking about how he he was like, we don't even know. Like, we don't know why we're bad. They tried a bunch of stuff. Nothing worked. They did have to take a provisional one night, I believe. Another night was they made it into the future through the last chance showdown. Mm-hmm. So big struggle of a week for them at Volusia for sure. And it'll be interesting to see if they can already change that, you know, by the next time they get to Volusia or if they continue having struggles because it's hard when you put yourself in a hole at the beginning of the season with a series like the World of Outlaws because there's so many guys that are that good, you know, so. Right. Definitely, definitely a tough week for Carson and them. Yeah. Well, there's like so they have so many races though. Like it's not like there's gonna everybody's gonna have like their right. their ups and their downs. Um, but honestly, another driver you didn't hear a lot about, I'm kind of going back through the results here, was Shoehart. Oh yeah, Logan. Even though you know he did have like a fifth and like a seventh, I just feel like you didn't hear a lot of about him. And obviously, maybe they talked about him more on the broadcast. This is also what's different, like when you're there versus like yeah. Uh, watching at home on like the streaming service um so yeah but I mean Donnie shots though was solid he didn't wasn't anything like super spectacular well I was I kind of had Donnie in my win column I would say based on the struggles that he had last year and I think a lot of people maybe had lower expectations for him you know coming into this year because they've that team has just struggled whether it's you know due to the board deal they have like it just seems like they've been trying to figure out their engine package stuff like that mm-hmm. so to see Donnie come out and kind of have pretty solid decent performances every night at Volusia I think was really encouraging for that team and Donnie I mean <laughs> Donnie doesn't hide his thoughts or attitude about things and every time I talked to him he was pretty content like pretty satisfied obviously wants to go out and win but like I'm saying compared to last season and the struggles they had to kind of come out and set the tone have a good note to start the season on I think was encouraging yeah yeah no for sure and he had like a lot of self it's not like he was like way back there like um no he did offense. Go, like back of the field to the front though so I think he was like 16th to seventh I don't know it was something crazy like went from way back in the pack to for sure a top 10 one night maybe it was up to sixth um but he was saying how they're working on car maneuverability and being able to pass cars and knowing that they have that ability obviously you don't want to be starting back in the pack and that's a qualifying issue but to know that you know you have that ability to pass cars I think is what he was looking for yeah no and that's good and that team has so much experience like you know that they're gonna be a contender regardless 
Um, I think another one that like really had a rough go was Zirfoss. He's mm-hmm. he's full time with the Outlaws. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he had a really rough go. But all in all, I thought the World of Outlaw races, like honestly, it was cool to see the high limit guys and the World of Outlaw guys, obviously, like all in one place. Yeah. The atmosphere was like super electric. Like I'm pretty sure it was sold out. Like there wasn't even standing yes. room. Um, and honestly, World of it's a well-oiled machine. I would agree. at least obviously I was normally you can tell more like of the nicks and crannies, if you will, like when you're racing, and obviously you have more to bitch about, but uh <laughs> <laughs> Being just being honest, like just being a spectator, sometimes you don't realize that as much. But I felt like it was well run from like our perspective. I would agree that the energy there was very hard to match at any of the other races we went to. I mean, yeah, that was my first time, you know, attending the Dirt Car Nationals, and it just felt like such an event. You know, walking through that initial section where it's like t-shirt trailers, food, just. Yeah. It felt like a mini carnival almost as you're walking in. And then the pits, everyone's there. The pit grandstands were packed on Saturday night for sure. I mean, they were full other nights, but just to see the crowd and how full the grandstands were, how full the pits were, that energy was just hard to deny. It, yeah. 100%. You hit the nail on the head. Like, it really does, like, feel like a cert. Like, it's literally, like, a traveling circus carnival. Like, one thing also that, like, I noted that was, like, really great, I felt like, at the World of Outlaws race compared to all the others that we went to was the signage. <laughs> As to, like, where to go for certain things. <laughs> because different perspective, obviously, you need a pit pass. You know where to go for that, right? But... Like when we're going for like media passes or credentials of like another circumstance or like even if you're going to pick up your tickets, like it was well laid out. Like you could you knew where to go based on where the signs were directing you. Like they just they had it figured out. You know what I'm saying? Like you could tell their experience and the concession stand food was pretty good, you know? Yeah, so. my my teriyaki chicken on a stick was it it wasn't very filling, but it was tasty. <laughs> yeah. I'm bummed. Somebody commented on one of our Facebook things and was like, did you try the ice cream? And I would literally eyeing it. Obviously, we said- I know. You were so torn. You were like, should we go get ice cream? <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm telling you. McFlurry's ice cream right up Taylor's alley. Dang. I'd love some ice cream. Especially, I really only eat ice cream when I'm in Florida. It's just like this- Interesting. Yeah, so you know when I'm in Florida, I'm probably at Dairy Queen. <laughs> well, it just is it just because it's hot in Florida and you need a little it's something just, to cool down? It fits the theme, you know. <laughs> okay, all right. Um, well, I'll close. I'll close off the World of Outlaws um topic with someone who almost fits both bills of winners and losers. Um. I think more towards the winner category. Landing Crawley making oh. his World of Outlaws debut. Yeah. Prior to, you know, the Dirt Car Nationals, he told me he'd only ever attended like three World of Outlaws races, like as a fan. Didn't really, I guess, even know how it worked, kind of. Right. His 410 sprint car experience, very limited. I think he made his first start like last fall. So, 
basically bringing in no prior experience to Volusia, went out, went quick time, night one, made the dash one time, two times. I'm blanking on the exact statistic, but he was in the dash at least one night. Yes, his performances in the features, he went back pretty much every time. But I feel like that spark that you saw, that potential was exciting. And he's he's super fun to talk to, super nice personality. I just, I, I really feel like he's someone that fans will gradually grow to love. Because not many people I would say knew about him coming into Volusia. But I think leaving Volusia, a lot of people were aware of who Landon Crawley was. What was your opinion? Yeah, no, for sure. I think he's, what, only 17, 18? He's, like, really young, right? Pretty young. I think he's 16. Oh, yeah, geez. So, I think, obviously, somebody that's that young, like, normally you haven't been around them or raced around them enough because they're, like, still just getting their go, right? But I think really what it will come down to, especially with racing with the Outlaws, is experience. You know, these guys have been to a lot of these tracks before, like, not once, but not twice, but, like, multiple times. Yeah. And so, you know, they've experienced it in like many probably different variations, like whether it's rained or whether it's been dry and like things of that nature. And so like really with the outlaws, like you when you're going there, like you better come like <laughs> loaded with all your ammo. And like that even includes like your experience because that's just where they're going to be, right? Like yeah. where to go when and like your instincts and like he's still building that. So I mean, no, that, only for sure. with, that only comes with time. So I know it actually, when you brought him up, it made me reflect on <laughs> the one night we on Saturday night when we were there and we were watching it from turns one and two. And there was kind of like that whole spat with two people about there's your rookie of the year. And then the oh, other yeah. when Crawley, I think like lost like his right rear tire or something. And so it was just like a funny thing. But anyways, yeah, he was like... <laughs> smooth transition <laughs> um no I think time will tell you know yeah I think, um no, I, I think he will absolutely have his fair share of rookie struggles ahead I mean that was evident you know week one at Volusia which is why I said he's kind of in the losers column as well but I mean he made the feature I don't think he had to take provisional any night like he was relevant people were talking about him I think as a rookie to not only just the World of Outlaws, but the 410 sprint car scene, I think that's a win for him. You know, that's confidence that he has of, I can go quick time. I can, you know, go in a dash. Like, I think I think he'll have a little more confidence after this week. Yeah, no, for sure. I agree. Okay. I agree. Good. Good. I'm glad you agree with my takes. Yeah. Well, we almost actually made it. I was looking at, we almost made after driving back from Ocala on like basically our second night or doing all the races. We passed Volusia and the race wasn't finished yet. They we were should under- have gone because it was we red flag because of that big wreck. I know, but we were like both under the thing. It's like, you know, by the time we parked the car, place was packed. Like really, yeah. no one, we probably would have just missed it. But anyways. Okay. So now second race that we attended was like you just alluded to, USAC sprints at Bubba Raceway Park in Ocala. About an hour and a half drive from where we were staying. Yeah. Um, 
that was my first USAC sprint car race for those who have not seen our on the drive videos um not taylor's first usac sprint car race if you um suggest that to her she will get offended because she was once a big usac sprint person so taylor who are your winners and losers from the usac sprint car event that we attended Okay, winners, and then I'm also thinking, like, even the nights we weren't there. Yeah, like, no, like, overall, the event yeah, the whole winter Logan, Yeah, Logan CVI, clearly, um, winner. Grant was, like, super impressive, obviously, winner. And the night that we were there, especially, like, Robert Ballou, like, reminded <laughs> me, like, why he's the madman, because totally, like, high side hustle in there made it really exciting, um and yeah basically kept us on the edge of our seats so I think those were really the winners I think the losers I have a quick question I have a quick question to ask you so I was talking to someone about this the other day and I thought it was kind of interesting so Justin Grant obviously the night that we saw him I think he went six to first in the heat race and then kind of obviously made a bunch of moves in the feature as well I feel like every time I watch him and granted most of the races I've gone to he's done well so that's part of it but most of the races where I like watch him drive I feel like he is so fun to watch drive like I don't know if it's his driving style or what it is but I'll sit there and just think wow like that's cool or like I have this like awe almost watching him race do you feel that way about any driver um like sitting in the grandstands watching it thinking dang like I don't know something about it just yeah no I get what I get what you're saying because normally I not like when I'm watching a race there's only a few people on that make me and when I say there's a few people that make me nervous it's like in a good way because they take risky moves yeah so I know what you're talking about. And so I could definitely see where you're coming from with Grant because honestly, he takes moves that you wouldn't think somebody would take. And so, and then he'll pull it off. And then you're like, I mean, sometimes it works out. Sometimes, sometimes it, it doesn't, doesn't Yeah. So I would say for me, honestly, my teammate, one of my teammates <laughs> does this to me all the time. He's like, makes me so nervous to watch, <laughs> but he's like, he's checkers or wreckers. So like <laughs> Caleb is 100% that person for me. Like when I spot for him at little 500, like, I don't even know sometimes how I do it because, (laughs) but I, I normally, because I'm a racer myself, like I don't really, um, I don't know. I, nothing really surprises me to a certain extent, Hmm, Okay, but I, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. And it's not like every racer, like it's not just oh someone's fast so they're automatically fun to watch I mean it is fun to watch but there's just I don't know there's something specific about Justin Grant's driving style that just I'm always excited on the edge of my seat yeah waiting to see what happens but yeah. I just I had to ask because I thought it was an interesting conversation the other day oh. so yeah, no I mean it's definitely a good question I'm sure everybody has that person you know like that's what makes them fans at the same point in time that's true so yeah I actually need to think about that because I know that there is other drivers out there that I'm like oh wow did he really do that 
Um, okay, so who's your who's your loser or who are your losers for you, Zach? Okay, so the, just based off the night that we were there, obviously Brady Bacon, tough luck. Tough luck for him. Um, I'm trying to think who else the, the night we were there. I was just kind of like, CJ, I feel like, made a rebound there towards the middle end of the race. Mm -hmm. um zach dom though this was after we left i don't know if you saw one of the nights his dad yes i saw the wreck yeah so he basically oh glad he was okay clipped the right rear of mitchell moles going into turn four and then violently flipped basically almost into the parking lot right yeah having been there and knowing where the track is and where the parking lot is i was like oh my gosh yeah no that was crazy that was insane also you brought up another name like mitchell moles i don't really i don't think he did well the night we were there at least i was trying to remember how dason personally did i think it was kind of just okay oh yeah because we recorded that podcast episode with him Mm -hmm. um so i wanted to see where he ended up (laughs) but I will also shamelessly plug, I just wrote a story on Zach Dom for a speed sport about his little venture to do more non-wing sprint car racing. Yes, I saw that. Yeah. And I texted him after his wreck because the story hadn't come out yet. And so I was like, hey, are you still planning to pursue this? Or did yeah. the wreck change everything? And he was like, no, I'm still going to, you know, do it when the midget schedule allows. And so I was like, okay, like, I just wanted to verify because that yeah, was, you know. yeah, that was pretty atrocious. So, yeah. and if it's something where it's like, oh, it's just kind of a hobby almost of like, oh, I just want to go USAC sprint racing every now and again, a wreck like that could probably be like ah is this worth it you know so anyway but he he will be at select usac sprint car races so you can expect to see the 5d out there but leave it to grace this breaking news here yep yep got a Um, nose for news so i do have two notes about ocala other than okay please share okay my first thought on ocala i have in some lame until feature (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and let me explain because the race the racetrack itself was just really race not racy it was really fast okay so basically everybody with the exception of grant and his heat race i felt mm-hmm. like they were just all falling in line duck 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 right i agree and then the feature like midway race on like really like changed it for me where it just got exciting like the track obviously widened out became super racy and, you know, like made it exciting for the fans. So, and I know it's obviously tough sometimes with heat races and there was like maybe 26 cars or 28 cars or whatnot. So when you don't have like 40, 50, 60 cars, like the outlaws, like it's kind of hard to like gauge also how the track is going to change, you know? So the track yeah. just, if it would, if it would have widened out and for the heat races, it probably would have been like so slick for the features. So, you know, you got to give and take, especially with the dirt races. My second point was the chicken tender basket was very disappointing. (laughs) I don't eat food like this. Okay. I don't eat food like this a lot. Like I'm normally like super healthy, like maintain a really like strict diet. Um, Right. Only McFlurries. 
Yeah. Other than when I'm in Florida or like when I'm on the road, right? Which is obviously often, but I try to sports when I do that. And, you know, looking forward to some chicken, breaded chicken tenders. And it was just, I just wasn't, I was let down. The the cheeseburger was pretty mediocre as well, I would say. <laughs> um, nothing all that special. But then again, I don't know exactly what track we went to that I would say had fantastic food. You know what I mean? I should have just, honestly, I will never say anything bad about a racetrack cheeseburger. So I should have just, like, did that. But I was trying to, like, split it up because I knew at the other races I'd probably just end up getting a cheeseburger because that's yeah. just how I am. There you go. I did <laughs> – I have one other comment about Ocala. I felt like I was going to fall through those grandstands. Oh, my gosh. In turn one. Under Taylor's favorite tree, everybody must know by now about the tree. No, was the tree. There's a debate going on. Was it a Spanish moss or a whispering willow? I looked both of them up and they looked the same. And I tried to do a Google image search and it was Hmm. coming up both the image, both of the names. So you're really invested in this. Well, I wanted to be precise, and when I was, like, posting about the tree, and when I'm talking. Right, yeah. No, it's a big character. Big character. You know, just trying to spread the word. Yep, no, for sure. Okay, so I know this was, like, probably a hot topic for us. New Smyrna. (laughs) Oh. Oh. That is a hot topic. That is definitely a hot topic. However, after our experience there, which, as our listeners might guess by now, was not the greatest. Um, after I saw Matt Weaver post his whole tweet about how the track told drivers that there was no room for their merch trailers and then walked through that whole grass portion illustrating here's where merch trailers could go. And then basically he did a parallel when he went to the high limit race at East Bay, walking through all the merch trailers there and how there was room for, you know, everybody. Anyway, after seeing that, I felt a little bit better about my personal thoughts about the track, thinking, okay, now it's kind of validated that maybe this track is not um, the most elite facility well, it's not okay. So, full disclaimer like, obviously, we know like a lot of short tracks and, and tracks in general are like struggling, right? So, not trying to like bring some a track down or whatever, but sometimes like a lot of businesses, especially this, like it's customer service oriented, okay? Like, you want to keep people coming back. So, you get that concession stand money, you get your entry ticket fees, so on and so forth. From the moment we stepped in the gate, people were rude 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 i have rude three exclamation points okay there's no justifying somebody being rude okay especially when we were being nice as can be so if you want to see me be rude i will 100 go there with you okay but at first i didn't have a reason to be rude to this we didn't have a reason to be rude to this woman okay that's all i'm going to say about that then when we were in the restrooms <laughs> you want to tell them about this Yes. Oh, this is this is another good story. This is another good story. I have photo proof on my phone. So 
we took a took a little bathroom break after dealing with several of the rude people. And on the back of the toilet stalls is a, you know, printed out piece of computer paper with instructions on it. <laughs> and on the bottom, it says, please don't forget to tip the staff. Tip what staff? For what? What am I tipping staff for? For using the restroom? Like, yeah. So literally, to start off with that, maybe it was the time that we were there, like practice was still going on qualifying. It was like practice qualifying time, right? So there was no bathroom attendant in there. And even if there was a bathroom attendant in there, like, I don't know if they were thinking that they're like Mastro Steakhouse level, but like there was, and I keep using that analogy because if you've been to Mastro Steakhouse, you know what I'm talking about, where they give you refreshments- I don't bathroom. see how a racetrack <laughs> would have a bathroom attendant. That makes zero sense to me. Zero sense. There is no way they have one. Even that, I'm just trying to like, me being the attorney, I'm just trying to argue this. Like, unless you're a master steakhouse and you're like, you have a bathroom attendant, they're giving you a fresh warm towel to wipe your hands with. They're giving you gum. They're giving you whatever you need in the bathroom. Like, those are the types of like bathroom attendants you tip. There's no one there, and pe- the people that were there in the facility vicinity weren't helpful. So are we going to tip them for being rude to us? Like, there was one nice lady there, and I think she was affiliated with the NASCAR Whaling Series at the Pit Pass booth, and that was, like, honestly, the one exception. Yeah, no, she she was very sweet. Um, But I've, ne- I've never seen a sign like that in the bathroom. I've never been to that steakhouse so I wouldn't know, but we'll have I to mean. go because <laughs> <laughs> that is a freaking bathroom. Those are bathroom. They don't have one attendant. They have attendants. Okay. okay. I'm no- just telling you, I don't believe a racetrack <laughs> would ever employ a bathroom attendant, but yeah, it's, it's just not a reasonable thing to say. It's not very no. unreasonable. No, but overall we did watch some practice at New Smyrna for the World Series and then just inevitably decided to go watch the Super Bowl because we're dirt track people and it was a little difficult to be as invested in the short track late model scene as we had been in the sprint car dirt track scene So after, you know, four days on the road together, we just, we just decided to go watch the Super Bowl, which ended up being pretty exciting. So, I mean, I I thought it worked out okay. No, it, it, it honestly, it all works. Everything happens for a reason. It worked out, you know, we sat in the car for about an hour debating on what we were going to (laughs) do. Somebody had bought us raffle tickets and we're like, yeah. Did you ever hear back about that? Did did they did the raffle tickets pan out? I don't think so. Oh. Okay. Man. So, Difficult. you know, we don't have a food review for there. No, we didn't we didn't get food. Dang. We should have tried something. Maybe that would have been the shining yeah, memory from New Smyrna. <laughs> but anyways, again, not trying to bring down a track. No. Beautiful and we I mean if we would have 
Yeah. And if we would have stayed there for the whole night, watched the races, I'm sure we would have walked away and had a slightly better opinion, you know, after actually watching the races and being invested in, you know, what was happening versus just being there for an hour or whatever we were there for. So I'm sure we could have been persuaded one way or the other after actually seeing some racing. However, like I said, I was not upset over our opinion or our decision to go watch the Super Bowl because that ended up being pretty exciting. So, but Mm -hmm. New Smyrna, that signaled the end of our time in Daytona Beach. And then the next day we headed down to Tampa for the high limit racing opener at East Bay Raceway Park, which is closing at the end of the season. So I honestly, the facility wasn't the greatest, but I was so excited in retrospect at the fact that I did get to attend a race there before it closed, because there is something about being able to say that of, oh, I went to a race at East Bay before the landfill swallowed it. Yeah. Way to put it in those terms, Grace. I mean, it's bait. There's the, for those who have not been or seen a picture, there's the biggest, most giant landfill I've ever seen in my life as the backdrop of the racetrack. Even Anthony Macri was like, you know, the only memory I really have here is like thinking about how big that landfill is. (laughs) So it wasn't just me. It wasn't just me that, you know, has this opinion. Yeah. No, it was pretty interesting. And just, like, all, like, the – it's very, like, industrialized around there. Like, all the stuff that's, like, going on. So No, I would agree. I don't think I had ever been there either, so it was cool to go. And I think – Overall, obviously, it was a bummer. Monday night – Monday night got rained out. Oh, Um, yeah. I actually had a couple notes about that. So obviously, though, it was a rain out. There was rain in the forecast, but, you know, Florida, like, you never know. know. It comes and goes. But I was so curious, like, why was there – and we had talked about this while we were there because it took up so much time, like the two practice sessions. Oh, yeah. I definitely – so as I was kind of digesting it and thinking about what happened at the High Limit Opener that first night – I was, I forgot to take into consideration when I was originally thinking about it, the fact that this was the first race for their new team and kind of all the, you know, new people they had in place. So for it to be a little clunky, I think was probably expected and they absolutely tightened it up by the next night, you know, having to run that double header, I felt like everything was pretty efficient on Tuesday yeah, versus Monday. I don't know what the cluster in the middle of the racetrack was where, you know, how they said over the loudspeaker, oh, pardon, like, we need a couple minutes to sort out whatever's happening in the infield. Oh, really? That was on Tuesday? I don't even remember that. No, that was on Monday. I'm saying Monday oh. was a little clunky just with random things. Yeah. Monday, honestly, like, and I thought about this too in reflection. I was like, okay, maybe because it really was like what you said, like high limits first race. Yeah. I was like, okay, are they just assuming nobody went to Volusia to race? So they're giving them an extra session. But even then, like the sessions were like, I kid you not, I felt like at least eight laps a piece. 
So it if was I a was, lot. Yeah. If I was practicing, I would have been like, when is this going to be over? Like normally yeah. you get literally four laps or whatever, especially with the wing stuff. Like it's no mercy. So, and for the field that they had and stuff, I was just kind of like, I mean, they wasted a lot of time. And honestly, they probably could have gotten more of the show done. Well, they had 56 cars the first night. So yeah, that's a lot of laps on that racetrack just for prep for hot laps and qualifying like that. I agree with you that it did take a very long time. Right. But I need you to identify for me your winners and losers of high limit since we got we gotta we gotta keep up the trend we gotta do that okay. for all ra- we didn't have winners and losers for new smyrna because we didn't watch oh race, yeah so. no um okay so winners and losers i will say like justin pack i was honestly like so upset for him because he was so fast in the feat the monday night feature that they ran on tuesday so the first feature and I felt like if anybody was going to challenge Larson, it was going to be him. And just when that happened with, I think it was Wyndham, like being a lapped car, I was just yeah. super for him. And then obviously something else happened to him. I think it was in the start of the second feature. And so literally lap one. Yeah. Yeah. So I felt bad for him in that regard. Um, I'm trying to think like who else, I mean, and again, like Wyndham, honestly, just like struggled. That was definitely, yeah, I would, I would categorize him as a loser. Yeah. Um, that week. Yeah. There's two people like off the bat that I can think with winners and like people that surprised me really. Cole Macedo, Attaboy, (laughs) and Corey Day. I mean, cause you, you expect Larson to be fast. You expect Tyler to be fast. You expect Brad, you know, you kind of expect that for those guys. So not to say like, not. Not to take anything away yeah. from them, but I know what you're yeah. saying. Yes. Yeah. No, I, I agree. What were your two? Um, I liked your pick of Cole Macedo. I did not realize, actually, because so in that first feature, I didn't realize he got Tanner Thorson for second and then Tanner Thorson finished third. So when I went and interviewed him, I was talking about, cause that happened on like the last lap and I yeah. kind of missed it. And I was like going to the pits to like go interview people. And so we were talking and he was like, yeah. And then I finished second. And I was like, oh, I didn't even like, I thought you got third. So he definitely, that was a bit of a surprise. I thought he did fantastic. Um, Tanner Thorson definitely was a surprise for me. I know he can wheel a midget. He's won the chili bowl. He's a great driver. Mm-hmm. and he has very high expectations for himself so the fact that when I went and talked to him afterwards you know finishing third in the first feature and then he kind of came from the back and finished 11th in the second feature which wasn't mm-hmm. it's not great but it's not that bad mm-hmm. the fact that he was surprised with how good he did I was like okay like I can be surprised too. Because oh yeah, I didn't. He know always he expects so much from himself, and so for him to be like, I kind of wasn't expecting to have the speed that we did right off the bat. Yeah, I found that interesting. Yeah, no, that is interesting. So actually, that team has they basically built that team in about a month and a half. So 
Tanner was saying, I also wrote a story on him for Speed Sport. <laughs> he was saying that his plan originally for the season was to run 25 to 30 like sprint car races with Rod Gross Motorsports, which is the team he's driving for, and then do some midget stuff at the same time. And then apparently he handed in his dream schedule to Rod and a lot of the high limit races were on it. And so the team owner was just like, why don't we just go high limit racing? And so that's kind of why he became a high roller this year. He's parked his midget for the Chili Bowl next year and is just basically full-time winged sprint car racing. Um, And that decision kind of happened at the Chili Bowl this year. So that gave him about a month and a half to get ready to go high limit racing, basically. So that made it even more impressive. He's not racing the Chili Bowl next year? He is. No, oh, I said he, oh, he, he like, parked his midget for the season. Okay. Gonna do it next year. Okay. Um, that oh, made it impressive to him. me. Yeah, no, I didn't even know. I didn't. I wasn't aware about that. So, yeah. No, I thought that was an interesting yeah. backstory. You got a lot of speed sport articles out of this. You know, my speed sport column, you know, recaps Florida a bit too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I do think high limit, like, progressed and they did – what they had to do to run like an as efficient program as possible on the second night. But the thing that kind of like was a turnoff for me was the top four lock in from feature one into feature two. That was I think odd. that also rubbed some people the wrong way. I also heard that obviously the world of outlaws had done that in the past, but then they got rid of it. I don't know. Not really a fan. I can understand the reasonings and maybe like the excitement behind it, but I also think with, like, whose series it is, like, you already have a conflict of interest, honestly, to begin with. So why make it an even bigger one? Like- yeah. So ex- explain what the top four lock-in was for maybe listeners who don't know. Okay, so from my understanding, the top four lock-in was the top four finishers from feature one, which would have been, like, the Monday feature. Mm-hmm. They automatically locked into the feature for night two right i'm they, pretty sure they, they get locked lock in, in as yeah. the top qualifier so they all start on the pole of their heat races yes and then they didn't have to qualify and they didn't ha- yeah they yeah. didn't have to qualify okay. so that was the thing and zeb wise was one of the people who one of the drivers who had probably one of the bigger opinions on that because he was fastest qualifier i think in his group for tuesday's yeah. feature went out and I believe won his heat race and then second. was then or yeah second or something then wasn't in the dash and so he was like I should be in the dash or I should be in you know like one of the first two rows he started ninth yeah. I think so yeah if you're it, going to do that honestly if you're going to do that then you need to just tack Assuming those four drivers like didn't weren't already going to be in the dash to begin with, then you just tack them onto the dash and just make it a bigger dash. Like you don't just disregard the people who would have been in it otherwise. Like, honestly, to me, I call BS, but you know, new series, give them time to grow. I mean, you would think honestly, last year was like a precursor to them building up this year. I give grace to people for a certain, like give grace to people for a certain extent. But honestly, like you had pra- you practice like all year last year. So <laughs> yeah, no, no, 
I appreciate what they're like, obviously what they're doing for the sport and for sprint car racing and also like upping the pay because really they're kind of forcing a lot of other serious hands to also like up their game too. So there's like a lot to be thankful for, for high limit too. At yeah. the same time. So, you know, I mean, it's a new series. So, um, like, yeah. Well, I don't know. Maybe you can explain this to me because you're a driver. Why as a driver would you not want to qualify? Like, even if you had the option not to, why would you not go qualify? Um, I mean, unless they're just, like, concerned about the wear and tear on the car. I yeah. mean, that, like that. I mean, there's always a, a chance, like, something could happen, right? So... But I would still think, like, it's almost like you can feel how the track changes throughout the night. Even though, like, the way the track is in qualifying, it's not going to be the same way for, like, the heat race or especially the feature. Because, yeah. like, the track, like, evolves so much in dirt racing, like, throughout the night. Um, and, you know, I didn't at any of the races we went to, like, I really didn't see, like, an abundance of, like, track work going on. Honestly, I don't know if you noticed that either. I just thought about that. That's but I was point. like. Normally, you know, throughout the night, especially if, like, a track is, like, getting slick early on, like, you'll see the graders out there the, or the tillers out there in the water truck. And, you know, I didn't really see too much of that. Well, I know I know there was track work going on at the USAC Sprint Car Race ahead of the feature <laughs> because we were sitting in the grandstands doing our podcast with Dason. And all I swear, all that you hear in the opening couple minutes – is this annoying scrape like sounds like someone's shoveling metal or something like right next to us <laughs> and that was basically due to the track work so i did want to make a note however bringing that up that we are aware of all of our funky technical issues such as cameras dying as we're recording um some of our setups are not exactly the most professional but we're figuring it out you know like we're evaluating things trying yeah. to make it better so please just bear with us as we try to die yeah. in the setup like this- high limit we're growing too we're <laughs> <laughs> for this mobile Let's grow together. yeah <laughs> on the drive yes no we're we're figuring it out. So I just wanted to make a note of that, that we do see these things and are, are aware of them. And we're, we're, we're working on making everything better. So thank you for listening and persevering because it's a bumpy road sometimes, but. <laughs> well said, Grace. Yeah. <laughs> sometimes, you know, we hit the rumble strip, so we'll get back on our lane. Excellent, excellent analogy. Maybe we both need to. <laughs> this might be a weird joke. Maybe we both need to go take showers and <laughs> the water. Oh <laughs> my, some good ideas. Yeah. Grow wow. like plants. We to go. I have nothing to say to that. <laughs> I don't either. I don't either. My that was my final note on my piece of paper to remind myself that says we need. He's gonna to edit this out. She's this a- <laughs> she's gonna edit. Not mad. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It just says we need to get our stuff together. 
Yeah. No, no we will. Honestly, something's going on with the GoPros. Yeah, they just keep dying. So, and they're charged. Like you can't just be like, oh, like, oh, it's not. They're just, charged, like, and they have room on the SD. They're card. just turning off. It's like not even that. Like once it shuts off by itself, and we go to, it'll turn back on. It's yeah. It's a little um, funky. It could be because the one side, my battery is being held in by duct tape. <laughs> it doesn't have a door. So. Uh, all right. Well, this this episode's uh going going long today. Um, yeah. we've we've had a lot of, a lot to talk about, a lot of fun things to discuss. Um, any other final thoughts about High Limit? Overall, I did want to quickly say I know that High Limit is a new series, and I'm going to give them time before I you know make any judgments or decisions. But when comparing the World of Outlaws races to the high limit races like we were talking about earlier in this conversation it did not have like the high limit race did not have the same electric energy at least for me that volusia did like there was something about the dirt car nationals that was so electric so fun that i didn't feel like translated to the east bay high limit opener what were what what do you think no, I would agree, but you know, I was also thinking about this more and I was like the constraints that World of Outlaws puts on their platinum drivers, it's actually just really unfortunate because you know, the same can't be said and I'm not like here for like the World of Outlaws versus High Limit, but it's like, you know, High Limit's not doing that to their drivers. Yeah. So if you, they're really in a way like encouraging World of Outlaws because their drivers, you know, they have their the high limit has like their 60 races a year. And then their drivers can go off and race the world of outlaw races if they want to. So, you know, the only time outside of like, if those world of outlaws drivers decide for those four races to go to a high limit race, like um, you'll probably only see like high limit and world of outlaws together, like at world of outlaws races. So if you think about it, like in a way, like high limit is like, I mean, they are, they're supporting sprint car racing in general, but it's kind of like an indirect support to like the only time you'll see everybody together is at world of outlaws races. That is true. That's and actually, so, I didn't think about that point. That's a good point. Honestly, like unless you're at Volusia every year or like whatever races and not to say those high limit drivers are going to go to all the world, world of outlaws races they can. But, you know, the World of Outlaws guys, like, they only have four. And so, like, are, yeah. I think, at least I think it's four. Uh, no, I, I think it is. So, no, but another point I saw kind of in that vein of thought is between the World of Outlaws and High Limit, at least when the season started, there were 29 drivers, 29 sprint car drivers who were committed to running a full national tour. That's more than you know the world of outlaws has ever had full-time at least in in recent years i'm not sure about way back when um but just i do think high limit has added a lot to the sport already and showing that there are basically 30 drivers 30 teams that can and will go chase a national sprint car championship i think that's pretty cool to know that you know there is that deep bench you know of of sprint car drivers that can compete on a national level i think it's neat that that's been illustrated by 
how many drivers have, you know, signed up for World of Outlaws and how many drivers have signed up for I Limit. And together, that's about 30 drivers, you know, that are going national. Yeah, no, that that's a good thought, too. A lot of interesting thoughts. You know, at the end of the day, like, it's only going to make sprint car racing better. And so, like, yeah. Highland is, like, forcing a lot of other people's hands. So, you know, we'll just – we'll see what happens. Obviously, Rome wasn't built in a day, so give them some grace. But, like, you also got to think, you know, they – for the past, like, year and a half, they have been working on this. And so – Yeah. I don't know. I, we'll, we'll just see what happens. The only other thing I have to say that I do um, applaud High Limit for is the fact that they're having a traveling safety team this year. And by them announcing that they were, you know, going to have a traveling safety team with them, that basically forced the World of Outlaws to hire a full-time safety member that, you know, will be at all the races. And I did a piece for Speed Sport that is in the works, um, just kind of about driver reactions to that. And a lot of drivers, you know, talked about how safety is one of the areas where they feel sprint car racing has lacked in recent years. And so High Limit kind of setting that precedent of, okay, if you're a national tour, you probably should have a traveling safety crew or, you know, ensuring that no matter what track you go to, your drivers are going to have proper medical care. Like, that's incredibly important. And so High Limit obviously announced it first, and then the World of Outlaws kind of followed maybe a month or two later of announcing, like, okay, like, yeah, we, we're doing that too. So I think overall that is a win for the sport, and that's definitely something I feel like High Limit kind of set a precedent for. Yeah. Oh, no, for sure. And, like, I think just getting back to, like, the pay – situation like it was funny I think Kevin Swindell had made a tweet like a few weeks ago and it's like you know all these tracks now and like series are making announcements about oh how the purse has been raised for this or whatever or now this race is like 10 to grand instead of eight to win or, or whatever yeah and Kevin Swindell was like it's crazy we're all like how all this money just suddenly <laughs> appears and I was like I mean accurate right I mean it goes back to the whole inflation talk we have in Florida but anyways um yeah I mean I think it's like partially in due to like high limits contribution and what they're doing to the sport so yeah no I agree I'm I'm interested to see how it plays out I'm I'm excited like I've said in videos before I'm gonna give it a couple months before I really make any judgments on you know what series is quote better um but to wrap up our Florida Speed Weeks episode, um, any final thoughts, Mrs. Burns? No, this was a very appealing conversation. <laughs> appealing conversation. At, at least we enjoy talking to our between ourselves. <laughs> yes, we do, we definitely that people. is something I learned. Both of us enjoy talking a lot, so <laughs> we could do this. Oh, we were gonna wrap this up like twenty minutes ago, and then we're. <laughs> oh i'm good no other closing remarks excited for the next okay for the next adventure okay very very last question what was your favorite race over new smyrna world of outlaws at volusia usac sprints at bubba and high limit at east bay what was your favorite overall experience volusia night four 
that race was so good. There were so many lead I know. changes. It was it was just so fun. I have amazing and electric as my two comments. That's all. Yes. I no, I I have to. So I have to agree with you. I I enjoyed the entire week. All the racetrack food experiences, even if they were bad, I just loved being on the road with you, especially enjoying enjoying our laughs. Um. But yeah, finale at Volusia was definitely my favorite race uh, of the week. And I can't wait for the next World of Outlaws race I show up to. I know. It'll be well, fun. if any of our listeners have any suggestions of where we should, what races we should attend next, please, please communicate with us somehow about that. And let us know who, if you have any suggestions of who you want us to interview or what tracks races we should attend drop it in our facebook instagram comments and we'll get back to you that concludes episode six of on the drive